Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Just for fun, I think the New York Rangers are going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning on opening night on Tuesday, and I think Chris Kreider is going to score their first goal. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ICTPOD, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code ICTPOD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and this week I'm joined by Steve and Joe from the Broadway Block podcast. Today we'll be talking about line combinations, and we'll look ahead to the start of the regular season. Boys, thanks for joining me. How's everything going? Pleasure, man. How are you? Thanks for having us. Start of the season. It's coming up. You guys excited? 100%, man. I know. I know. I know. On Christmas, waiting for Tuesday to be here. We're going to be at the game. Cannot wait. It just can't come quick enough. I know, right? Like last night's game against the Bruins. That's how I felt every time the kid line touched the ice. They were so good. Did you did did you guys watch the game last night? It was on TNT. So yeah, I watched it. I, I definitely I definitely enjoyed it. I had to see VZ up there on the first line to see it in my I like actually believe it was happening. I had a feeling I called it for what it's worth, I called it back on Saturday that, that VZ was gonna get some time on the first line because he had been playing well and he's only on a tryout contract. So it's uh he's not fully set in stone on making the roster, but knowing Gallant. I think he's going to make the roster. What do you guys I think? think? He, I think he's the new Dryden Hunt. I think Galan yeah. has a secret liking towards him. I think he's definitely done a bunch. Uh, that first goal of the of the against the Islanders off Varlamo's helmet was a lot. That save against was that Andre Johnson and the Devils. Oh, that little poke check. There. Yeah, Johansson. Uh, Especially someone who's not known for the defensive end of the game. That was that was refreshing to see. I think that Galan is definitely going to give him a look. And like you said, he's on a PTO, so we want to see what we have for sure. Um, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of competition for that those last few spots. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a leap just because of the way he plays. He is more of an offensively-minded uh, player. And, he, I mean, he's shown a, fil- a finishing ability in his career before, and now is the time for him to really put up a season because he is entering into that, like, prime of his career. But um, hopefully there's some continuity, man. I, I always say it, but I want to see somebody have some – like time on a line. So something tells me that we're going to see a lot of like juxtaposition and people kind of sliding up and down and around. Um, if he's willing to break up that kid line, we'll see what happens there. But I do see VC. I don't think he's going to break up the kid line. No, I don't. I, 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 for I some reason... These other guys up there trying to play right wing. And I just don't think he wants to put either Kako or laugh there. I don't Wait. think Kako fits on that top line. I've had, discussions with people before about that i don't think kako's skill set matches that of Kreider and zibanejad and then there's also the argument that Kreider and zibanejad skill sets don't match and and that's wild to me because they put up so many points 
together over the past however many years. And, it, you know, that, that, that first line right wing hole is, is going to be, is going to be noticeable this year. I think uh, if, if the second line gets their crap together, I mean, everyone's complaining about like, you know, the top six isn't doing well. The, the third line was just outstanding all over the ice last night. Easily the best line. Glant was the only one said that that was the only line he liked. And I knew he was going to be frustrated with the way the Rangers played, but I mean, you're running Hayek and Barkowski out there. So what do you think was going to happen? Um, it's a preseason game too, but it's, we're getting closer to the regular second to last preseason game, I believe. And, you know, you want to start looking like you're going to be playing during the regular season. So these last couple of games, they should have the regulars in the lineup. Joe, um, you know what I liked last night? It didn't connect when we were down five, four, and there was like three minutes left. Trocek came down the ice and it was like, a, it almost looked like a no look like Patrick Mahomes pass right to Panarin on the other side of the net. Panarin missed that one, but I was like, that connection all year is going to be something something that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, I was so shocked that Panarin missed the net. I think the broadcasters noted Panarin might not have expected a pass like that. He, he hasn't been getting a pass like that from Stromer Cop last year, so that's it, right. Be- right. He was the one making those passes. Correct. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't expecting it. He's like, oh, damn, someone's on my level passing. Jeez, I better keep my eyes open. <laughs> you gotta keep your head up yeah keep my head my head up yeah for real but i mean i i think Kravtsov on that line is uh while i want to see him succeed so far he's looked nervous what do you what have you guys thought yeah hesitant for sure um i mean you said something about kako not really fitting into like the play style i would argue that like his playing style but does he have the skill set you know i feel like his confidence is really shown as like lackluster at times i feel like the way that he plays the puck down below the boards really good along the um the, like the half walls and mm-hmm. his ability yeah. to hold on to the puck through two or three defenders is fantastic and mika and Kreider both are finishers that love to hang out in front of the net or in that little office spot that that mika's got now so i would argue that if he had that confidence i would feel like he would flourish but there's this weird part of me that doesn't feel like he's going to grab it. There's this other part of me, that, like what you just said about Kravtsov. I just feel like he's same confidence sort of thing until one of them, you know, both both goals went in last night, but they were garbage. So it's like hopefully it gives him the the confidence that he scored. But I would love to see one of those laugh style goals where he just steals the puck and comes in all alone. All right. um, one of those ones you could feel good about that it's going to be, re- you know, replicatable, but I would I would say that that's probably the biggest question mark right now is going into the season those top three lines who plays on the right who plays with each other and there's not a lot of time to figure it out either. Yeah, I see what you're saying about that. Like Kako looked really good yes last night. I have to say, like he looked confident with the puck and he's looked that way pretty much all preseason, in, in my opinion. And even going back to the playoffs, I still. I don't think he should have been scratched in game six. I have no idea why that move was made, and I will forever question that. But I think Panarin and Kako, I I will ride that to the day I die. I need that. I need it. I need it. <laughs> but if Kravtsov, if, if I will be, I will be accept I will accept Panarin being tied together with Kravtsov because of how much time he's already spending with him in in practice. I'm sure 
We don't know if the rumors are true, if Panarin is picky about his line, Nate, if he doesn't like Paco on his line, if he does like him on his line. But I know for sure that he wants Kravtsov to be the best that he could be because look at how much time he's spending with him in, in practice, after practice session. That's the I, stuff I think he's got to spend with. a little bit more time because, he, like, Kravy, like, has he shown sparks here and there? But he's also looked, even with the Shesty release yep. us, like, he's looked a little bit uncomfortable out there. Right. Like, he knows the pressure that he has on there. I think he's only had one assist one point this whole yeah. preseason. Yep. And he's been getting time. So it's like last night, a couple times he had like a couple shots, just shot a little wide. And he's just, he's just looked uncomfortable out there. Kind of what we say about Kaka, where he doesn't look fully comfortable in his skin. So I'm hoping like something clicks these extra time with Panarin really gets him going. Because for me, like I could see him dropping down from the second line. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for draft spot and PTO, I feel like, there's no argument. G- VC has outplayed him, you know? Oh, like yeah, it's really yeah, hard to make the argument for Kravy making the team as much as I feel like his slot is sort of a given. Um, I feel like you can't exactly argue that he's shown that he should be in that spot. So hopefully um, what we see or what we don't see in practice is why he's continuing to get that time. Um, you know, you saw that three in a row that he just kind of came in on Shesty and just put it right past him in the, in the little practice clip. So, I mean, the, the, the scoring touch is there, but you know, to have it happen in a game, you always hear about these European guys coming across and playing on a smaller sheet of ice saying how, how much faster of a game it is. So um, the adjustment is, is definitely going to take some time. But mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like continuity is going to be key having maybe those first 10 games go by and feeling like, okay, this is still my spot you know, I'm comfortable now or, or I'm gaining that level of, of chemistry. But I think to, to your point that he's the high draft pick, that that's why I would have a, a, a longer leash on him as compared to somebody else like VZ, who's been in the league for a while. Kravtsov has bounced back and forth between North America and Russia and the KHL with Tractor. So this is really, this is his last opportunity. I keep saying this on the show. This is his last opportunity with the Rangers. So it's, he's got to be feeling the pressure. I think Joe was saying this, but yeah, he's got to be feeling the pressure. And it, I think it's going to take a little while, maybe another five, 10 games for him to start to feel comfortable. But I think it's all mental with him right now in terms, in terms of like why he's not getting the job done. Even in practice, like his shot looks like off. He's not getting all of, all of the puck when, when Panarin's feeding it to him. And there's nothing wrong with like how Panarin's passing it to him. It's just Kravtsov shanking the shots. And that's, I think it's a mental thing because he was not playing like that in Russia. Like if you watched any of his highlights, he's always in front of the net. He's always making an impact. That's his, Very that's his confident. game. Very confident player. But Almost right like now, the best type player too. Like his speed is his best asset. The Rangers made an investment. They are not going to, to cut him off right away just because he's had a bad preseason. He's got to get the jitters out. He has to. There's no way they could judge it just based off of this. So they, the Rangers have to know, in my opinion, they have to know that he's a little bit uncomfortable. Joe, you brought up how he, how he looked in the, in the locker room when, with the Shesty release this thing. That was genuinely funny. It's but so yeah, meme-worthy. It, it's all over the internet. But I think you're right. I think you're right. That that kind of displays like the that comfortability because he's still good. Those these are new teammates to him. Like he they don't know him and he doesn't know them. 
So he's got to get to know them and bond on a, on a level. Um, I don't know if they've had that bonding trip yet. Uh, it's one trip, but I'm sure that could do a lot for them. We see, we've seen what Reeves did to the chemistry of that locker room. Just take a look at like the last year of David Quinn's tenure and how like dysfunctional that locker room was. And then compared to last year, you know, Lafreniere and Keandre Miller are showing their true colors. Kreider Zaban and Jad are the best bromance known to man. Um, <laughs> You see people talk about that on Twitter, too. And I won't get into all of that stuff. There was a whole big thing. Uh, I, I'll, I'll leave it to AK Goudreau to, to, to go into that on her future podcast, uh, Word on the Bird. But uh, she, yeah. We're going to have her on on Monday. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, I'm like psychic I, that I know that. I don't it, even know. It, it's it. too funny, man. And, and she definitely did not tell me that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, getting back into these line combinations, what do you think of the fourth line? Uh, like Blade, Riedel, Goudreau. I think that's the most solid fourth line we've put together so far in camp. Correct me if I'm wrong. So um, Reeves said something. Sorry to segue, but I'm talking about that, I promise. Reeves said something in the playoffs about like not playing every game. And I think that that goes to the attitude of whoever you're going to not put on that line. Reeves seems like he can take it and not, um, and not let it up affect his mindset and I think you talk about the chemistry in the locker room I think him having um, that healthy scratch is fine for him um, because there's going to be games where you want the physicality for sure um, and Gallant obviously uh, still uses Revo um, so, and relies on him to, to sort of set that tone so I feel like Revo is a good guy to, to be that healthy scratch because I don't feel like it's going to affect his performance we talk about a, a line that you want to put out there Riedel's shown it. I think Carpenter has an argument, but it, it still hasn't been, you know, a really strong showing out of him. Um, Riedel's kind of on like his, you know, you talked about Kravy on his like last legs. He's, I think he's 27, you know, so this is kind of, and he's been playing in Europe. So this is kind of the time to to show that you can hold on to that role. If not, maybe like a top six role in an AHL team. Um, but you don't have that uh, luxury with everybody. You can't send people down um like Carpenter can't be sent down to the AHL without clearing waivers, for example. So um, that's going to, I think those contractual obligations are going to factor into it a little bit as well. And not necessarily like what is the most optimal fourth line, but I believe Goodrow has shown that he can slide up and down there. So he's the given to make it on the fourth line, barring any injury, he just slides up and it's just natural for him. Um, and like you said, Blay on the left side, I think that's also a lock. I think they gave him that little tester on that top line and they saw what they saw. So. I just, I just would. The only argument I would make is it's not ideal to have Goudreau making three point six billion playing there. Uh, Hockey Stat Miner had had brought it up like people are okay with the contract, but uh, people are not okay with the. It's like a cognitive dissonance dissonance thing where it's like you're okay with him making that money, but you're not okay with him playing on the fourth line. Or whatever, and it's just well, like I don't think he's going to be stuck down there all year. Like, I don't you know, think, I yeah, think with yeah. injuries, like he's going to be back and forth. So I think that's why you pay him a little bit more. Plus, we didn't have any when when we signed him. We didn't have anyone like you know with real Stanley Cup like veteran presence. So like we brought him for that a little bit more too. Over, I like his game too. And to be consistent with what I've said over the past few episodes, I like that the him being on the fourth line signifies that there is a level of depth on the team that we have. And I think it's true. The only thing that I would balk at is just the first line right wing spot, 
which would be nice if we had Pavel Buchnevich still, but you know, there's nothing we could do about that. I think, um, I think Buch would obviously shine here. Um, and we would be in cap hell if we, you know, gave him a contract like that. I feel like the same is to be said about, you know, any of these premier right, right wing, um, possibly trade deadline um, <laughs> conversations that, that we hear a lot is that um, the money is always the issue. You know what I mean? Would, would a proven veteran scoring touch on the right side be a fantastic luxury? Yeah, but that's what it is. It's a luxury. We don't, we're not going to have cap for, for some time now, you know? So that's, that's really the, the reality of it, which is why it's a fair league, I feel like. But. So that right wing one spot is still too thin. And that's why I think the Patrick Kane discussions are still still out there, despite cap hell, despite having DeAndre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere due for big contracts next offseason. That's why I still think the rumors are out there. And so let's get into it. I think I think if Patrick Kane becomes available at the trade deadline for one year, not even one year, 20 games, 20 games, and that's it in the playoffs. That's it. 50% retained. Plus the twenty five percent from another team. I think the Rangers <laughs> should make that trade. It's it's crazy def- hypothetical, but if it's if it's out there, the Rangers should take it. I don't even think it's going to be out there because I don't understand what what the Blackhawks were doing over the draft. Like they traded DeBrinket and Kirby Doc. Like Kirby mm-hmm. Doc's twenty one. Like where wouldn't you build around someone like that? Like you, I, you I think they're going around DeBrinket. I was DeBrinket is the is the. Have you already have you seen the chemistry so far with uh, oh my god Paul Giroux and Benz? like it's got, they're no, gonna you talked about no look passes just whew, right over to Debrinket smoked it I mean he he doesn't hesitate that that guy would be fantastic obviously oh, we're just talking about, if we could just pick anybody I mean holy yeah, crap. I know. yeah I know I wanted I I wanted him over Kane to be honest like when when he was still on the Blackhawks I was like oh come on Rangers please please don't look at Kane look at yeah. Debrinket look at Debrinket. <laughs> you know what i mean like this is not reality but i know i think we're gonna get someone other than patrick kane and then maybe because his contract's expiring and that ten and a half million is gonna go away and like what what is like what do you pay patrick kane next year like imagine he took like three mil just to like play with panera imagine if he if he took three million why wouldn't you take why would you give him two years you give him two years at three million see let someone else overpay for him like the penguins right go go nowhere second round loss walk and come here i mean we we've said it for years i mean podcast aside we've talked about this for years joe joe and i about you need to make an attractive landing spot I think the Rangers have that now, but now we don't have the cap to buy anybody. So it's mm-hmm. like we have this spot where we can allure whoever we want. You know, you think about how like how basketball works and how um, you know people just kind of will their ways onto onto teams. And we've had the luxury of that with Panarin and Fox for sure, but with all that money tied up specifically in those two. But I think it's sixty five million tied up between twelve different players. It's like yep, it, it's pretty astonishing it's when when you think about the the catch twenty two of like. We've always wanted that that attractive landing spot. Here we are, and you know we can't afford to pay anybody. But it would it would mean somebody like that taking a substantial pay cut. But somebody who's made that type of money in their career, like a Kane, um, maybe that's on the table. Who a knows move, how much t- playing time he has left? A move like that would be possible if Jacob Trouba's contract were moved. Is it the player or the contract for you, Joey? Contract. It's the contract. Is he going yeah. to the Lightning then midseason? Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, 
with 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 Trupa, I like what he brings to the table. Just but when they made the trade for him, the Rangers needed an established like, like number one up, defenseman. We need a fifty one. point scorer too, right? Like that was an added bonus, even though we weren't getting him for that. He wanted um, to get paid too because he, he wasn't getting paid shit in Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg they just kept extending <laughs> him one year qualifying offers, one year deals here and there since like his his uh, ELC expired. Um, when he came here, everybody and their mother balked at the eight eight million dollar term, the eight million dollar price tag. Like that's a lot. That's a lot, and that you know that attitude has lived up. It has aged well. We still feel that way. We don't think he's playing the what he's to up to what he's worth the math does not work out and i think that's the biggest reason so Kreider's six and a half million dollars he justified it last year with 50 goals so it looks like a bargain now it looks like a bargain now if he could do it again if he could do 50 50 goals again i'll be okay with 40 i'll be okay with 30 (laughs) (laughs) for the same thing last one yeah that's funny man I think uh, when you talk about Truba, it's like you're also talking about not your number one guy. Like the eight million's fine if that's your number one guy, but and maybe that's what he was brought into. But popular take, he could be number three. It could go Fox, Keandre, yeah. Truba. I don't I think, even think that's unpopular. I think that's an ice cold take. It it is an ice cold take. <laughs> I had Keandre, to yeah, I love the little plug line, man. The Keandre sliding up to the top to the top, man, is not a distant reality. I feel like, like. Lindy plays hurt constantly. What's going to happen when, when he actually goes down for a week, you know, he'll probably heal up quick, but do you, do you not slide Keandre up? Cause what's the other option? You know, like the top four is pretty well set in stone. And I'd ha- probably have to agree with Joe that uh, Keandre's proven himself at least in the future, if not mm-hmm. right now that he's the number two for sure. I mean, how could you let Keandre walk next year and like have Truba under contract? Like, if you can't pay Keandre, like, what are you gonna it's do? It's gonna there? be Yandel all over again. That's what I said. I think. I think. Uh, Except we gave up more for Truba. Right. Yeah. I think. I think. Um, Fox Miller as a pairing. Uh, people would have to run to the to the store and gri- grab some new pairs of pants because um, you know. For obvious reasons, because I think their skill sets match so perfectly. Keandre Miller brings his size and the same offensive skills, except maybe IQ. Nobody's as smart as Adam Fox. That guy's like playing chess in real time, like 8D chess in real time. That's how smart that guy is. He went to Harvard. He's and, two steps ahead. Right, exactly. Always. And um, I think Joe, that you would just be said good. something that made me think. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Keandre has been stapled to Truba the whole time. Not to say that it hasn't, you know, helped him in the ways that Truba sort of put his arm around him, but imagine the potential that is yet to be tapped into. You talk about the the hockey IQ with some of those no-look passes that Fox does, some of those brilliant setups. I mean, man, we might just be sniffing the surface of what Keandre and can actually And Keandre shoots. Up. Fox looks to pass. Keandre looks to shoot. Like, I just could see that buzzing right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think – that if they were to do a pairing like that this year, it should be done sooner rather than later. So that later on in the season, they will already have that chemistry that they've built up from the beginning of the season. You don't want to pull like a Mets and like have call Francisco Alvarez up in the biggest series of the year. I don't know if you guys follow baseball rather than call him up like a month earlier. So he could get, you know, adjusted to major league pitching. And then tee off against the the Braves in that in that series. 
Like that was just an oversight. That's what the Rangers should do with Miller and Fox. Like pair them right now, pair them right yeah. now. So that way in game 65, like after the trade deadline, they're just running wild. No look passes, screen uh, goals left, right, and center. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And to be That'd honest, be I, don't, I'm, I wouldn't be mad with a Lindgren-Truba pairing. Imagine. Would anyone else be? <laughs> mm. I, think some, I think I could find some people that would be upset with that because uh, they both, they're both rugged defensemen. Uh, so not I enough think, offense, you're saying then? Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think you, could even, you could even do like Lindgren and, and, uh, and Schneider and then Jones and Truba, something like that. I think that would work because uh, Schneider's got offensive ability. I've seen him play make with, with, uh, with Panarin so many times last season. They were dishing the puck to each other left, right, and center. Like, those guys work well together. I think if you – if you split up the D pairings, it's not going to happen because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And in, in Glant's eyes, uh, that's the way he rolls. The D pairs stayed the same all of last season. They were not changed like a single time with the exception of Nemeth and Jones or Lundqvist or Hayek and Tenority, those Ugh. guys being set, sent in. But that's the, that's the other thing the Rangers have to consider. On the depth chart, if there is an injury, God forbid there's an injury. Last year, the Rangers were lucky and stayed healthy the entire year, except for Sammy Blay, unfortunately, thanks to P.K. Subban. But um, that's, a, that's a discussion for another time. But if there is an injury, the next man up is Hayek and Tenority. We got to get a veteran defenseman. I, we were talking about it on our show that we really, we definitely could see someone going out at the deadline and getting a veteran defenseman. Could you, I, Joey? I, I could, yes. And I th- actually, I think that if there's an injury, like within the first 20 or so games, I don't think Chris Jury would be afraid to pull the trigger immediately on a deal. Like, so why I would you wait till the deadline when the price is going to go the, up? Yeah, you have, a, you, true, have a lot of, you have a lot of time between that. It's early in the season. You don't want to lose too many points. Like, Gallant wants to use all of his pairs. For whatever reason, Hayek and Barkowski kept, being out there they were out there for what four goals three four goals like why are they keep why do they keep getting out there like they if it's not working assist, don't yeah. use them they both got an assist last night too oh yeah oh that means they're gonna make the team right yeah they're making the team now right exactly my gosh but yeah they need to they need to go after six or seven defensemen before they even think about going after patrick kane but to my point from before if it becomes like a Derek Broussard kind of situation, uh, I was talking to, to StatMiner, and shout out to HSM. The guy's awesome. Um, great follow on Twitter if you don't follow him. 
uh, knows everything about the salary cap. He was telling me that it is possible for like the Blackhawks to trade Kane at 50% retained to another team, let's say the Coyotes, and they retain 50% of whatever's left, and then they trade it to the Rangers. Now the return might be crazy. I don't know what the Rangers would have to give up to both the Coyotes and to the Blackhawks, but it will be significant. Do you know that like goofy um, like three team deal? It was like the Predators and the Avalanche, and the Avalanche just like essentially oh, acted like Senators. a cap absorption for that for that yeah. whole deal. Yeah, and, yeah. Shame. I'd be interested to see how we can profit off of. And I I I know that Drury has his hand in in anything that's happening. You're always trying to butt your head in and see if you can do something about it. Also, so um, yeah, I think that's the only way it works, man. I think that. Or like we talked about him him walking in the offseason and just signing a team friendly deal, which I mean, who who could give Drury a bad grade if, if that's what ended up happening? You don't strip any assets, you don't lose anything, and then you end up still getting the guy afterwards. So um I mean, unless it's something like that, a three way deal, something him walking in the offseason, I just don't see it happening. That first round pick, that extra first round pick they picked up this year is gonna be incredibly valuable because of this year's draft class, from what I've heard. So that is a real asset. That's like that's not like a that's not like your average NHL draft class with like even if the Rangers give up their own pick, every every guy that's in that class is supposed to be a solid prospect. And it wouldn't be out of the question to 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 have that person, that player that you draft be one of your top prospects right away. And I could see the stars, the stars pick. I could see them like uh drafting like and falling and not making the playoffs. So I think that pick could become pretty valuable. Yeah, to the Rangers too. Yeah, to the Rangers, but yeah, and also to another team. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've, I could I've, see us picking with both of them, to be honest with you. Picking, yeah, I could see it happen too, but I don't think Jury will be afraid to to make a trade like that if it becomes available that Patrick Kane wants to play for the Rangers and only wants to play with the Rangers. Come over, play with Panarin again, reignite, rekindle that chemistry. If it becomes known and he won't take anything else, the Hawks might have their hands full. What are you going to do? If you're, if, you're, if you're a smart rebuilding team, what are you going to do? Just let Kane walk or you want to get as much back from him? If the Rangers offer you something, shouldn't you take it? Well, they got to they gotta let up one of those guys. They're both like expiring Kane and Taze, contracts yeah. with Taze and Kane. So I, unless they're keeping them around to fill seats there, like what, I'm with you. Like when you right. trade them before they can walk in the free, um, free agency. So, like, all right, so before I ask you, like, where you guys differ on that, because you were telling me before the show, before we started recording that you guys are on opposite ends of the spectrum on Patrick Kane, but uh, I think to, to the people that don't like Patrick Kane, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, 20 games, playoffs, done. That's it. That's it. I don't need him past this year. Let Lafreniere go on the top line. But well, we're not the- playing 20 games in the playoffs unless – Unless we're sweeping some teams, first of all. Right, right. Well, 20, I, I, want, I want to go all the way. No, no, I'm saying saying from the the trade deadline, sure, sure. the yeah. trade deadline on, 100%. that's like 20-something games, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little less than 20, and then whatever the playoffs is. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we sweep some teams because I'm getting sick and tired of seven-game playoff series. It yeah. seems to happen every single playoff run the Rangers have gone have gone on since I started watching them. Taking every single series. Life. Yeah, seven Even games. in the 2014 run. My gosh. And one six-game series. One. Not one sweep. Not, Not one. Uh, that's bothering me. But uh, now I'll ask you guys 
what describe the spectrum in terms of Patrick Payne, like on your show. Like how I don't do you want him. I don't think it's worth it. I know he's a great player. It's just not the time. I feel like if we were doing things like the Senators, you know, really slow rolling things, giving our prospects the top time, um, acquiring a bunch of, you know, pieces that make you a more competitive team, I think it makes perfect sense. I think the way that we chose to rebuild, um, not the time to talk about whether it was right or wrong. Maybe it is. But I think the way that things broke out, we had a marquee free agent that wanted to play here. You have an elite Norris level defenseman that wanted to play here. So the, the, the manuscript was written and even Gorton will say that um, when you talk about all the prospect drama and you add in all these other wrinkles, people are going to have to get paid. And when you talk about who has to get paid, I mean, the list is long. It's Lafreniere, yep. Miller, Kraftsoff, Heedle. We talked about it in one of our shows about how Heedle looks like he's going to be that odd man out. And there's just already cap drama to think about so in my head it doesn't make a lot of sense i think panarin obviously had that chemistry with him so if you're looking for someone to slide in right away and you know make a different shore but um in unless we're talking a situation that we kind of briefly just described where there's another team involved or another team that's willing to help and just kind of be that cap absorption team like the avalanche you'd have to pay them to do that so it's like is it worth you know you talk about this draft class is it worth compromising one of those amazing draft picks and setting us up for the next four years where we know we're going to be up against the cap. And now we have someone who's in a, like a high level prospect that can slide into those roles. Um, it just, I feel like that's so much more valuable. We don't know the pressure that's on Drury to win. You know, we have no idea from, from an organizational standpoint. Um, but if, if it were me and I'm thinking towards the future and I, and I know that I'm going to continue to, to GM this team for the next three or four years, you have, to, I, in my opinion, you have to pick both of those unless it's a slam dunk trade. Um, and especially what Joe said, if, if the stars bottom out, I would be looking to keep onto that pick as long as possible. I am under, I'm with you, Joey. I like if we could use him for a little bit. Yeah. Character concerns. Like, I don't like the guy for that hockey style. I like, I like who he is, how he plays. Um, I'm this like, trying all these other guys out under that right wing position is going to get old. Like we have to find somebody up there pretty quickly, like, and stay with it. Cause you got to give that guy a chance too. You can't be like knowing that someone else is in the background, ready to take that first, first line right wing position. Um, barring that would, I would want someone that would fill the position more permanently. So I go back and forth on the Patrick Kane thing. Like, yeah, would it be great for him to fill in 20 games before playoffs and then make a run with him? Yes, character character concerns, don't like the guy, but if he's going to get us a cup, I'm for it, but not giving up, not leveraging the house. I don't want to give up uh, Kako and a first and a third round pick for him for a rental because that's that's just too much. Like We're going to have to pay guys and it's a balancing act. Yes, we are in our first window now to win, especially with some of these older guys like Zibs and Kreider and stuff, mix and matching with the younger guys. But leveraging the farm, if the Canes are ready to, um, if the Caps space works for us, but I don't see, do you really think a third team's going to get involved to help the Rangers out? I don't think, I don't, that's why I'm just floating out this hypothetical, this theoretical. Again, Kane has gone on record and said he wants to, like, you know, finish as a 
finish as a hawk. As a, as a hawk, yeah. But he also, he, who wouldn't want to play for the Rangers? You know what I mean? Like, especially right I, now. Especially right now. With Igor, and Igor there, makes people want to play. He was pretty. From listening to Kane's comments, I heard, I read his comments about the Debrinket trade. It caught him off guard, and he was, he was pissed. To be, to be honest, he was pissed that that they traded him. He loved the kid. They played so well together. They traded Pat Panarin. They took away his guy. So he's got to ha- feel have some sort of like feeling towards like those players to the organization. Maybe like if he wants to if he wants to leave, I think they're gonna grant him that. They they will grant him that for what he they, he won three cups for the team for the Hawks. If he's if the Rangers are the only team available, they could lowball the offer, lowball the offer, and get a third team involved. It's theoretical, so it's not gonna happen. I don't think it will. But if it does, if if it does, I'm just saying, if it does, why wouldn't you make that that deal? Why can't, if it's like, if it's a low ball like Matthew Robertson, a first and um, Carl Hendrickson, I let's just say three yeah, team trade, fine. But like, it's not going to happen. But right. I'm just saying, if it becomes available, yes, you take that trade. I don't care who it sure. is. And is Kane hungry enough? Like he's won a Calder, three Stanley Cups, a uh, Hart. Like what? Does he have left to prove? Does he really want a fourth? He wants to be in the hockey That's hall. That's why Crawford sure. retired, he man. He's like, yeah. what do I have to – like, literally, that was the most, like, chilling article, one of the most chilling articles I've ever read, Corey Crawford just saying, like, I might hang him up because what have what do I have left to do? Like, right. that – I always was of the mindset that, like, you know, players are always hungry. You're a professional. You, you know, you trained your whole life for this type of thing. They're They're built different. Um, but that was really revealing of, of how much we're all just still people, you know, that um, how much drive is there for a guy like Kane? He he also kind of, to me, represents that like cold confidence too. like we, we don't have anybody with that with that. I'm just going to put the puck in the net because I feel like it. You know, he, he has mm-hmm. that sort of swagger to him as well. So, I mean, yeah. Would it be electric? One hundred percent. And, you know, I forget which one of you just piped up and said, who would want to help the Rangers? No, you want to help yourself. You want to you want to join into that trade because you want to be like the Avalanche. Don't forget, the Avalanche got a what ended up being a top four pick in Bowen Byram just yeah. for being involved in that trade. So, I mean, yeah, it is profitable for sure to maybe you take that Stars pick and then the Stars drop in the standing. So, I mean, the, the team coyotes. jumps in and grabs that. Give it to um, the Coyotes. That's huge. So, how many? Here's another question for you guys. How many teams do you think are on the rebuild spectrum? Like we got the Blackhawks, we got Arizona. Who else do we got? I don't think Arizona can Seattle. Rebuild, to be fair. I think <laughs> they might not even be a franchise in Arizona after Seattle, you know, San Jose. I think uh, Anaheim and LA are are past that the building stage. I I would say. Um, I agree. What else? I think there's only think probably the like you can count them on five. Vancouver, mm, Vancouver, getting, they don't know what the hell they're, they're doing over Jake there. Miller last year for some assets to some teams, so it's like, when are they going to accept? I, I'm Carrizo? shaking my head at like Vancouver. Like they could, they could be so much better than what they are, and they just aren't. It's just I don't know. Maybe Bruce Brujo is the guy there, but uh, I don't know. They're they're wasting one of my favorite players, and I still think the Rangers should have gone after Elias Pettersson couple off seasons ago they should have gone after that that was when the, the eichel talk or whatever no no, 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 no. go after elias Patterson. that was that was what i wanted i didn't want eichel I wanted elias Patterson. i didn't want eichel either yeah so glad we didn't do that right for real like that, that was good 
Um, also, to add on to the to the Kane discussion, we also have to factor in we have Brennan Offman still. So if the Rangers were to make a trade for Kane and not give up Offman, well, then the Rangers could just let Kane go and then just plug Offman into the lineup the following year. And I think he could he could be served. I don't know if he could play the right side. He's a left winger. I, I, I saw an article. He he says he can, but I feel like that's any winger trying to make a team. They yeah, always true. say yeah. like, look at laugh. He's like, yeah, I could play on the right, but we know he's naturally better on the left. Right, right. So having often, we have an option to fall back on in the future in, in terms of the top line spot. Like if, if everything works out with Kravtsov, if Lafreniere and Kako play out of their minds this year, like they, they're supposed to be, they're supposed to, let's be honest, they have to be playing this way. Like they have to be playing like the way they played last night. But like whenever, just doesn't have, not like just when they're on the ice together at the same time, when they're separated too, like Lafreniere and Kako need to be, Pulling their own weight. That's that's a simple fact. They have to do that. If the Rangers are they going to... They need that off-the-ice chemistry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I've seen from Lafayette Okako, it's been great so far. And I tweeted last night that um, it seems like it's a punishment to Lafreniere, Kako, Hedl for, for splitting them up. I've saw people say, all right, split them up because the top six can't get it going. Why would you split up the top six? Like th- those, the top six are the reliable guys, right? They're, they're supposed to be the reliable guys. And the fact that they can't get it done says a lot about them and not about the kids. Like, why are you punishing the kids for that? Like that to me, why can't they coexist? Well, you need, you need depth like hundred percent. And I'm, I can totally see the argument for both sides because at some point you need to stir the, you need to stir it up and just change what you have because it's not working. Um, I do see, um, the potential for somebody on the kid line let's just call it laugh just to to keep it moving but like that top bumper line role on that number one power play i would love to see laugh in there because it would let him get that time and that chemistry with those top line guys without having to be off of the kid line it wouldn't put that um we broke we broke it all up t- type of pressure i don't think um and it would let him get that little bit of chemistry once you start seeing a couple of those power play goals from him from like you know that brilliant like cross ice feed where they're, they're showing to be some chemistry, then you change them up there, which I, I think would give you that like half in, half out ability to give him that line time. Also, you're rewarding his strong play. You know what I mean? And they had Cackle on a penalty kill the other night. I mean, the, the more ice time, the better to get to really see what we have with these guys and to really get them comfortable playing with people that are not on the same line with them. And you can almost bet that the other penalty killer won't be Heedle. And if Laugh's playing on the t- on the top power play line, it, it w- I think would give those two specifically some more minutes to be with some guys that they're maybe a little bit less comfortable with. I think it would be extremely beneficial if if Kako Lafreniere saw a little bit of penalty time time this penalty kill time this, this season. Like you already saw in preseason, Lafreniere made a great play and made a sh- had a shorthanded goal on the pen- like on the penalty kill. I- obviously, shorthanded goal, I'm an idiot. But uh, um, you s- you see that. You see Kako out there. The more ice time, the better. I like that that idea. Like they, you're giving them a new role, and it's like, all right, let me just let me play the as hard as I can. They're kids. They're gonna take the opportunity and run 100%. with it. Hopefully, I think that would just add to their confidence. I'm not saying the entire year they have to play. Just in the very beginning, like last year, the Rangers Gallant gave Kako penalty kill time in the first game, and then that was it. Really, like he had his stick off the ice and. And the, the the capital scored on it. I guess Ovechkin scored on the power play. Uh, I I can't remember. Oh, he, he was in the OB office though when that happened, right? Right. Yeah, and his stick was off the ice, and yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. 
It was yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> That's Obi's uh, office. Right. Um I think I think you should get an extended look. Why not? Like 10, 15 games. Why not? You know you're gonna rely on Trocheck, Goudreau, those guys to, to kill penalties yes. for you. So why not try it out in the beginning? Well, the defensive numbers are fantastic. They're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like that about him. I like that he's a good he's a good stick checker. I think he does well in the off in the uh, in his defensive zone, excuse me. Um and uh, I'm I'm excited to see like how he plays overall this year. Uh, I again we always say this every single year. Is it going to be is this the season for Kako Lafreniere to break out? Is this the year they hit 40, 50, 60 points? This has to be the year. It has to be. I keep seeing people saying, like, oh, Trey Kako, he's a bust. Have you seen the way he is on the ice, though? Like, he's just so smooth. It's, I'm not ready to give up on that yet. But at, ask me that question at the end of this year, and, he, and if he doesn't have 40 or 50. I points. might ask you at the deadline. At the deadline? I, I've, I, it's not hanging behind me, but I, I'm a big, I have a Kako jersey. I'm a big fan. I've, I've been on the bandwagon. And I can see an argument, you know, because we talk about all this Patrick Kane talk, the, the biggest converse, part, part of the conversation is cap space. You have to get rid of somebody. Does it make sense to get rid of a guy that's already making a decent chunk of change to make room for somebody like that? I think if we're competitive and he's not playing to his full potential, I think that's on the table. Does it happen? No, but probably not at least. I think we were chatting um, just a couple days ago about Joe and I about how Heedle looks like to be the odd man out because he's never going to play more than top six minutes uh, or top three or third line minutes rather. Um, He's probably not going to get chance in the power play because those center spots are accounted for. So, I mean, when you start to look at who we have and the players around these guys, the writing's on the wall. So how much space, I think the only thing that's really in his favor Kako is his position because that's where we're the, the the slimmest. You know what I mean? The right wing, right side. Yeah, yeah. I, and and to your point about like Hedl, I think the Rangers could mold him into that third line guy so that he's not asking for four or five million dollars. But what if he I mean, wants to be a second line guy or even a first line guy? Well, obviously, you see you see the talent he has in front of him. He's got the bad and the bad. commitment. Those guys aren't and going anywhere. They're, they're not going so anywhere. They're in seven it's years, dude. That's, that's our fucking top six, man. That's it's a, it, our top two. Seven. It'll be up to it'll be up to Heedle if he wants to stay or not. Um, so we'll we'll have to see about that. Um, we have then, then do we lose him and like get nothing for when we have to pay him, or do we trade him when we still have some value there? That's another question. That's another question too. Uh, but I I think it's better to let. If you have to let someone go for nothing, it's better to let Heedle go than Kako. Right? At least, at least publicly, like, publicly. Okay. like, I honestly am more impressed with Heedle's postseason. Like, oh yeah, take draft yeah, class yeah. out of it, you know, take position out of it. Just like, just talking about the player. I think Heedle really showed that. Oh man, maybe there's another gear that we didn't see. He also has the speed that Kako doesn't. You know what I mean? I feel like in a penalty kill situation maybe it's that guy who's breaking down the ice and scoring a goal because Kako getting the time on the penalty kill is going to be great. Um, but is he going to be that Grabner guy that can turn those opportunities into offensive opportunities? I think it remains to be seen, but I, I do think that this year of the two years at the bridge is going to be the most important year for Kako. Cause either he's 
we figure out what we have or the offseason comes around and he's no longer a Ranger. And mm-hmm. I've also talked about the very real likelihood of him asking to leave because it has happened now three times in the last few years. But with, with prospects and stuff, it, it's just the way I feel like it works when you when you have these lofty expectations. Think about how many guys we have that we've probably promised the world to, you know, um, that come into this organization with, you know, a really highly touted um, position in their draft class. But <laughs> especially considering the picks that we still have and the guys waiting in the wings, it's it's going to be really tough to pay everybody. And, you know, Keandre Miller is He's I think, already more of an exciting player than Kako is and maybe will be. His Keandre's offensive play has excited me more than Capo Caco's offense. Keandre Miller out of Lafreniere and him, he should be the first to get paid, I'd say. Keandre Miller, and he should get paid literally right now. Like as we're speaking. I think it's so funny how quickly the conversation shifts. You're you're completely right that you know, we go from like who the who the guys that we are excited about to being like Oh my God, Keandre Miller. You know what I mean? That that is going to be the home run and probably the saving grace out of that out of that draft. Steal at twenty two. Yeah, but look at the other picks that we chose. Very very exciting pick at that time. Like I, while watching Wallstrom highlights, Keandre Miller would always show up, and I was like, when we drafted him, I was like, oh, we got this guy. Oh, this is awesome. So this is great. Um, um, and last year we talked. I talked a little bit about like. How he he was still trying to figure out defensive defensively because he's still relatively new. He's was a forward for most of his life, and he's only got what like six seven years of uh, D experience. Like you wouldn't uh, know it unless you were told. You, you could not tell that. Right now you can't. Now you can't. <laughs> Guys flying all over the ice is like one of the smoothest skaters I've seen. Like, he's six three. Yeah, specimen. He's he's great. He's great. He checks off that size. Uh, the size debate, it's like my quota for, for Ice Cold Takes now. It's like I have to mention the size debate on every single episode. Have you guys seen that on Twitter? People complain about like the size. Oh, this guy, we need Tenorti in the lineup because he's a big body. Oh, come on, man. Here's the thing. Could Keandre play more physical? And I've said this about Kako. I mean, all these guys. Lafreniere, I mean, do, do you not like hockey? Like, I like- said. I said I, I needed like, Keandre to play more physical. I like year. it being he football soccer, top. man. Come he, on. He heard it was a nice cold take. He took it. I'm sorry. Think... No, Joey said that he asked um, Keandre to play more physical last year. Listen, man, I, what what does he – I mean, he does it a little, but like if there's any box you don't check is is that he's not that physical of a player. Yeah, the argument can be made that he does this, the same thing with his stick and he he's – got a very good stick he's got a very long unpredictable stick like he can make up gaps that just don't seem like they exist people feel like they have five six feet of space with him and there he is if he was somebody who could surprise somebody and just drop the shoulder my goodness i mean then he's then in my opinion he's completely a number one defensive player in this league his his wingspan is about the size of the holland tunnel like honestly (laughs) like it's just it's it's unbelievable what he can't do with with the body tracking he makes up for it on his on his with the stick tracking last night he got beat to the outside <laughs> i know you're like dude that's so funny i'm choking on my spin <laughs> i was trying to think of something like <laughs> i mean <laughs> 
I think he fights Crosby this year. We saw a buzz oh, last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. I was at that game where it was at the end of the period, and uh, and they were they were getting into. It kept I couldn't in all series. I was like, is this just not going to happen? When is this going to happen? So it went back to the regular season game. That regular season game was what I was at, and like at the end of the period, he was like chirping. He was like, I don't know. Him and Lafreniere, Lafreniere were like were ganging up on Crosby, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is like. There you go. There's another chemistry thing. Lafreniere and, and Keandre Miller, they're bromance. Like, even <laughs> though Lafreniere's best friend is Sammy Blay, apparently, uh, not Keandre Miller. But uh, going back to what I was saying, um, last night, Miller gets beat to the outside, and he just reaches so far behind him with his stick and knocks the puck completely free without taking a penalty. And it's just like, oh, he got beat, but it didn't matter because his wingspan and his stick checking ability made up for it. So it doesn't matter that he doesn't body check, even though he did do that towards the end of last season. And you guys remember, like, he almost, in that Carolina series, he knocked someone on their ass, went of the other end of the ice, and almost scored a goal. I think and, like, without even one. trying. That's the, that's the craziest even, yeah. thing that when I watch this guy play, it's like I want to see the sports science of how fast he was able to, like, catapult another body that weighs 220 pounds and fly to the other end of the ice. I mean, he does make it look rather it was natural. I think it looked natural those mm-hmm. long strides in combination of that smooth skating ability um i like that Uyghur uh mckenzie Uyghur goal where he where he burns him to the outside oh, kind of sticks out in my head my god um and there was a few highlights last year or even in that first preseason game uh, i believe johnny laz clipped at the um the moment where he he just brushes the puck fakes it he's going right goes back to the boards yeah and i mean he didn't even score it, but it was that impressive of a highlight that he just I mean, end-to-end rush, completely tricked the guy, gets around like four different guys and comes right to the net with a primo scoring chance. And then you mentioned, Joey, the the forward ability in his career that those little glimpses start to highlight because he doesn't panic when he – like he doesn't pull a Gautier when he's coming in along the <laughs> wing and, and has the puck on a stick. Yeah, he is a forward. He knows what to do with that. So uh-huh. when you combo that with, with his physique and, I mean, you, you mentioned the IQ later – Maybe he's only scratched the surface there where, where, like you said, there's still that adjustment to that position. So, I mean, sky's the limit for Keandre. I think there's no player on our team that could have a better season than last year than Keandre. I think that either maybe laugh, maybe, um, you know, you look at most guys had a career year. So if there's any like huge room for improvement, I, I think Keandre is going to have a, a coming out party this year for sure. Mm-hmm. His confidence is through the roof. And all I have to say to Coach Gallant, Give him as much ice time as possible. Like <laughs> honestly, do not take anything away from him. If he's playing so well, what like even better than someone on power play one? Yank the guy off power play one and give Miller the, the ice time. Like honestly, Joe and I have already talk, power play two is a, it's a, that's a lock. Unless 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 Truba is just clapping them and they're and they're going in. I don't. Well, last I don't night see Truba was um, man in the power play, and you could see it was just missing a little bit of something. And I was, I exact same thought, Steve. I was like, just put Keandre to man that power play right there. They looked, they looked good that that second power play unit. I think if they score some goals, then they could get some more ice time and be another weapon. But I mean, the biggest weapon is that power play one. I mean, Kreider's advantage at and Panarin and Fox is just that four player combination is just so deadly. Well, it's they, hard to it, argue that they, I mean, they were doing really, I mean, we were like top five power play all, like mostly all season. The whole year. season. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to argue when those guys are out there for a minute and a half 
to even give these guys extra ice. I mean, that's the other thing. These, these guys that I say prospects, they're players now, but these guys that we have on our team who would be getting top line power play time at on other teams, it's just not the case. Our power play is one of the best in the league period. So that's, that's one of the hugest reasons in my opinion, that they're not getting that time mm-hmm. for what it's worth. All right. A couple last questions uh, for, you, for you guys before we wrap it up. Jimmy Vesey makes a team, right? Is he starting out on line one? Oh, or, are they start... going to go back to Goudreau? Or are they going to go with Blay? What are they going to do there? I think regular he, season he, game he fourth one. liner, fourth liner, but he's making the team. Steve? I think he slides a little. I think that right that right side is – I mean, you could put Cack on the top. You could put Krabby on the second. But outside of that, I mean – there's room, there's wiggle room that you have the opportunity of a lifetime if you're VC to prove that you can score. He's scored NHL goals before, and I, I don't have the math in front of me, but he's had multiple seasons in this in this league where he's probably scored more than Kako has ever. So it, it's, in my opinion, he's going to get that opportunity. And, and you can't look at the um, draft class and you can't look at the PTO. I think that he's going to, an NHLer is an NHLer. And if you're playing, you're getting the ice time. That's just the way the league works. So, um, I think if he produces, which he has, um, he's going to get that time. Does he stay up there? I don't think Gallant's going to stick with a line for more than 10 games. I think that he likes the idea of rolling the same consistent four lines, but I think there's going to be juxtaposition the whole season. Espe- I mean, especially if an injury happens. Then everything that we're talking about, it throws the whole math off. So, Last question. Uh, does the kid line stay together all year, or how, how quickly does uh, Gallant move on from that? I think the kid line, kind of what Steve was just saying, is like it's intact until we need somebody up on that top line, mm-hmm. um, till somebody shows that they can't be stopped and they like you know need to be up higher and get more t- ice time. Um, but right now, every preseason game we've seen, we've all enjoyed the kid line, so I don't think it's going anywhere at least for ten, fifteen games, and we'll go from there. Dave, what do we think? If the kid line stays intact, the rest of it makes a lot of sense. VC's probably going to get that ice time like we talked about. Kravtsov has to get some confidence. But again, I feel like you can you can make the argument that Kravy slides down to that third line. You keep the chemistry that you have with Laff and Hedl together, and he starts to cash in on some of those opportunities because he plays a different style than Kako does. Um, we've talked about it as far as their chemistry and their play style. I do think that Kako is more ideally suited on that top line. I don't think that him and Trocek digging in the corner together and then us being outmanned the other way is going to be the best thing for us. Panarin also likes to kind of get lost. So I, I do have a feeling that we're going to see a wandering Panarin, Trocek and Kako lost behind the net and some bad opportunities go the other way. So for those reasons, I think that Kako's play style suits him best for I, I, either the first or the third. If you keep that third line together, then what decisions are there to make? It's either Kravy or, or VC. Is it as bad as we're all talking about for VC to end up on the second line next to Panarin? Mm, not if Kra- I think VC's got more born. skill than Dryden Hunt. I think VC's VC's got more skill than Dryden Hunt because yeah. think about the line mates that we've seen already on that line. So then the conversation just becomes like, can they play good defense? I think Trocek and Panarin can because that's the only thing. That's the only knock really to VC. So now you're talking VC's in the top six, but he's not in the top line. Kako on the first, that's not the worst, but what's what's the alternative to Kako on the first, Krabby or Laugh? 
Do so, you even do you switch up the lines and bring Trocheck down to the third and get Heedle up there to like get a full mix? I've seen yeah. people say do do uh Panarin or not uh, not Panarin uh Kreider's advantage at VZ kid line and then Trocheck on the third line. Have One the of the kid things line be your second cool about Trocheck is his play style is very grindy, and yeah. he also has the offensive flair. I think there's an argument to be made. Maybe maybe it doesn't happen this season, but maybe if we do make that commitment to Heedle, that there is some some room for flopping back and forth because I think that his I think that as a veteran he wouldn't also be insulted by going down to that third line. And if you talk about wanting to have depth, that would really do it for us. Being that the the kid line has shown that they are at least right now our best our best chemistry line. Are they going to be the highest offensive mm-hmm. scoring line? Probably not but at least they look like they have the best chemistry. So for right now, it seems like those are the guys to keep together. Mm-hmm. And until someone starts to score goals and someone starts to show that they're really that top line guy, I mean, you're just going to have to wait till Gallant lies to you and then tells you that does the complete opposite thing next day, next day. But I don't know who VZ's best linemates have been throughout his career. I don't remember who he had on his team on his line when he was with the Rangers the first time. But I'm pretty sure that he has never had a line mate like Panarin. So if if he if that's if that's what the Rangers end up going with, if they go if they try him out on the second line like they did with Hunt, uh, I don't think VZ's had a, a line mate like Panarin. Like Strom has been upgraded, and then Hunt has been upgraded. So I mean, right. re- it, theoretically, it should be a better line. It's a small upgrade from Hunt to VZ, I think. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, VZ's got goal scoring ability. Hunt was more of a bottom six player. So yeah, it is an upgrade. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. It is an upgrade. That's it. That's it. Um, no. We'll see what happens. I, I think I think it would be it would be good to try that out. Maybe in the last preseason game. We'll see what happens. But I was right on my prediction that VZ would get first line time, at least during the preseason. So maybe we'll be right again that he'll get second line time with Panarin and Trocek uh for the last preseason game. But We'll have to see. I don't think it will happen, but uh, maybe the first game. Who knows? But, boys, it was a pleasure to have you guys on. We'll have to do thank this Thank you, again Joey, sometime. for having us. Joey, yep. thank you so much, man. It was a blast. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.